Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rap Party, where we dive a little deeper into Sunday's message. Pastor Ray here this week with Pastor Taylor. What's up everyone? He continued our series, In Plain Sight, where we're looking at Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, and we're focusing specifically on prophecy from the Old Testament that was fulfilled by Christ at his birth. And if we read the Old Testament in the light of Christ, as the New Testament writers did, we'll see God's plan in plain sight. And so, Pastor Taylor, why don't you remind us what your message was about today? So today we focused on Matthew 1. or I'm sorry, Matthew 2, 1 through 12, and Micah 5, 2, which is Micah 5, 2 is the Old Testament account of the birth of Jesus where Micah prophesies to Israel um, about the coming birth of Christ. And so Matthew in chapter 2 is him referencing that uh, that prophecy. And uh, so we looked at that, what it said, it focuses on Bethlehem, as a nation, uh, there is kind of a wordplay. It's a bit different between the two, uh, but I really think you know the meaning of that passage means the same. That Bethlehem uh, wasn't a place or destination to necessarily be desired for. Um, truthfully, or the way I read it, anyways, is that you know from the top, obviously God planned for this to happen, but you know it seems like when you're reading the account. And the gospels that that they were heading somewhere else, um, but landed in Bethlehem because Mary, uh, it was time to give birth, and they find themselves in a stable due to the lack of uh, rooms that were not available for them. Um, to which we welcome the birth of Christ, and so we talked about what that means for us, how how Bethlehem brings importance into our lives as believers. Uh, but then focused on uh, really the phrase humility, um, the word humility, um, how Jesus's life uh, was a humble life. You know, he had a humble spirit and what that meant for us and how we can apply that to our lives to then live the way Jesus lived. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Um, I, I like the, the whole idea of the series in plain sight and mm-hmm. how um, really what was prophesied through the Old Testament. Like if we look carefully, we'll see it. And you even made a comment about that. You said, uh, you can see it if you just look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like how you pointed out in um, the Old Testament scripture, Micah 5, 2, the part where it says um, that um, a ruler in Israel was coming forth from of old, from ancient days. Mm-hmm. And it's just really neat how God's plan was before the creation of everything. Right. Um, did you get anything as you were preparing for this message that really... Um, maybe caused awe or for you to say, wow, that's, that's really cool how God orchestrated all of this. Yeah, I think it was that part, honestly, that part kind of mixed with a few other things really yeah. is, is that that part honestly didn't really dawn on me until uh, a few days ago. I'd already written everything out uh, for the most part. I'd in, you know, as a communicator, you usually add and take away stuff mm-hmm. until you, yeah walk on the platform for the first time. But that part I found fascinating because we're already talking about prophecy, Mm -hmm. you know, and 
you know, for whatever reason, Matthew didn't include that into his reference of that, pol- that I keep wanting to say policy, but that prophecy, <laughs> um, but Micah did. And so for that to already be an Old Testament passage, prophesying about the coming of Jesus, but then saying that he's coming from old, mm-hmm. like can only go back to the Trinity or to creation. Uh, let, let us create man in our image mm-hmm. kind of thing to where, you know, it's taken it back to the be- the very beginning. Yeah. And so sure. When you read the old Testament along with anyone, it, it brings a lot of questions. Why did this, why did God allow time to go that long before a savior came? Why did he allow them to wander like all this stuff? But there's an answer to that. And his name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then there's the faith of trusting God's plan. But when you read that, that come from old and ancient times, ancient, at this point in time, to me, can only mean the very right, beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of them. And then the second part um, was when you read that in Matthew, he is referencing an account of the religious leaders bringing up this prophecy. Right, yeah. So they knew that this was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And what made it so powerful for me is that and I mentioned it in the, the first service, but I did in the second. Uh, when we went to Israel and went to the Western Wall, like it, there's a weight when you go there that's encouraging in the sense of seeing people that are passionate. Mm-hmm. But it's discouraging in the sense of that they're passionate about the wrong thing. Like they had the opportunity. If you think about the religious leaders of that time, had they pursued this star, realized that this was in fact a fulfillment of Micah 5, then would it's almost like, well, what would the New Testament even look like mm-hmm. at that point? Um, and obviously, God had a plan. He knew that they were going to reject Jesus. Um, but just being there at the Western Wall and, and you know, if you look to the left of the Western wall, they've carved out of the stone and it's like a library mm-hmm. full of old Testament literature, scripture. And then there's people praying just so passionately for something that's already happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that those two things are probably in reading this, that has just opened up so much thought, um, conviction, even of like, man, just what a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, that even we have today, and like obviously we didn't see the star. Right. Um, our faith, our relationship is in Christ is based off faith from mm-hmm. Scripture, um, and the power of the Holy Spirit. But how often does God give us our star? You know, how many times when we were lost did was there a bright and shining star that pointed right to a better life with Christ? But we for whatever reason, ignored right. it yeah. or opposed it or mm-hmm. tried to kill it or whatever, you know? And so it's just pretty powerful thought, kind of a sobering yeah. thought to think about. Yeah. That's awesome. It's reminding me of um, what you said, how the Jews ignored Christ, um, mm-hmm. Herod opposed him and, and even tried to kill him. Um, but the Gentiles pursued him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had heard recently from a, a Bible teacher that I watch online, he was talking about how um, one of his, favorite um like evidences for jesus being the messiah is the fact that 
Gentiles do pursue him, as was prophesied in the Old Testament, too. We're, we're in a series talking mm-hmm. about fulfilled prophecy. It's been fulfilled that the Gentiles will be brought into the family of God. And um, so, so that's just so neat to me. And um, and it's also it's also crazy to think that the many of the Jews as, as a nation, um, Israel rejected Christ then and they're still looking for him now. But the beautiful mm-hmm. thing is scriptures tells us that God still has a plan for the national Jews, um, those who are ethnically Jewish. And at some point, more of them will come to realize that Jesus is the Messiah. So that's a beautiful thing that um, the Gentiles have pursued him um, now, um, but the Jews still will. And so all hope isn't lost for Israel. Yeah, and you mentioned it too, but like the pursuit of the Gentiles, like even while I was standing up there, I'm thinking of different stories, you know, and all of them kind of different, but with the Magi or the shepherds um, and their experience with this exact moment. Um, But the woman at the well, Mm -hmm. uh, the woman that, you know, is begging and she's like, even the dogs get scraps Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And and, uh, it is interesting for the most part, you know, certainly there were the false teachers or mm-hmm. probably largely, you know, outside of the religious leaders. I mean, we was calling for what they were false teachers, you know, and, and, but there was a large pursuit long before Paul ever came mm-hmm. from the Gentiles, uh, pursuing mm-hmm. a God that they knew nothing about, right. you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. something to hold on to and grasp even in this season is that we're not Jewish, (laughs) you know? And so, um, there will be a day that there, and there is a plan for the Jewish community as well. And, and, uh, there's not a competition between the two at all, but it is something powerful to think about that there was always this push and pull for, Gentiles in this pursuit of God and with the fact of like, they didn't really know much, you know, they probably, Mm -hmm. maybe they had their hands on an old Testament or some Isaiah. I mean, Luis read about the eunuch today and reading through Isaiah. And so it's very possible, but kind of a cool thought. Yeah. Um, in my, in my message last week, I sort of ended reading from Philippians chapter two Mm -hmm. and it, it really just, Paul is talking about how Jesus, um, he he basically left his um, his place, his position in heaven to humble himself, taking on the form of of human flesh, um, and then being the sacrifice for us. Um, a big portion of your message today was talking about humility. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about how uh, Jesus exemplifies humility and how we can emulate him mm-hmm. as as believers? Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about you know Jesus's life specifically his ministry. I mean, you don't get much other than when he's at the temple and he's, you know, gets left behind and and stuff Mm -hmm. or that account. Um, But we see it way more in the three years, really starting with his time in the desert Mm -hmm. being tempted, um, which is right before his ministry starts. So you could say three years, three and a half years, whatever. Um, really everything he did was filtered through humility. And when you're able to look at that, to me, it's like, 
and maybe I don't know if you feel this as a communicator, even as a pastor, just having conversations with people when you talk about living like Jesus, I've gotten this argument a lot like, well, he was God. Like, of course he could do that. And theoretically, that's right. But there's also scripture that backs up that he laid down all of that and came to earth fully man. Um, And so if you stay behind those scriptures that he came fully man, that you could also say that perhaps the humble spirit and life of humility that he lived on a daily basis is why the spirit of God worked through him like he did, Um, starting in the desert. You know, like, what are the main ingredients of um, pride? Like money, popularity, sex, like all that stuff. And essentially, that's kind of what the devil offered Jesus. Food, popularity, riches. And it was the power of the Holy Spirit that worked through him where he combated that with the word of God. And then when his ministry starts, it immediately starts from a powerful place. And so for him to tell people, well, don't, they ended up doing it, doing it anyways, but for him to say, don't tell them what happened or don't Mm -hmm. tell them who did it um, to then reading John's words of that. He came to serve, uh, and not to be served, and then the account of where he washes the disciples' feet. Um, I'm pretty sure that's uh, one of the accounts of the Last Supper, um, where he's washing the disciples' feet. And Peter even says, you know, it's kind of encouraging with how Peter responds to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you can almost say that maybe this is Peter responding with more of a prideful attitude because he's like, well, we should be doing this to you. Like, what are you doing? And Jesus's response, like, you don't really realize what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in Philippians, it says to have the mind of Christ. Um, there's something powerful in that phrase, the mind of Christ, because it's in the mind that controls everything else. It c- controls your emotions. It controls your feelings. That's where the negative thoughts are, the good thoughts are. And so if you could have a humble mindset and perspective, then you're able to do what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You know, like even when he says that we're going to do greater things than he did, because he's going to be with the Father, it's like you, all, you hear that verse and it's almost like, short of context and I don't want to like build up my own context, but to even think about doing anything that Jesus did, Mm -hmm. not to mention more than he did has to start from a place of humility. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if I were to say anything and how that applies to our life is surrender all of the thoughts. Mm -hmm. If we could control our thoughts and surrender our minds on a daily basis that's the starting point of being humble yeah because then if you can't and you don't you step into to either be humble or you're going to get humbled Mm -hmm. kind of experience and i don't think we ought any of us want that yeah definitely not um 
uh, I was just thinking, um, it, it really is a perspective thing like you were saying. And just a couple, uh, scriptures that came to mind is, you know, our, our good deeds are, but filthy rags. Um, and it's Christ that works through us by the power of the Holy spirit. It's not us doing anything good. It's the spirit working right. through us. And so, um, just those two scriptures alone should help us to realize it's not all about us. It's about Jesus and what he's doing and just how we can partner with him and be along for the ride as it's kind of like you said about Jesus, uh, in the desert, how the Holy spirit accompanied, accompanied him there. Uh, Jesus is accompanying us right. as we go through life, helping us to be humble. Um, so we can just lean on that, I think. Right. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. So we uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope that you've been blessed by this conversation. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to Pastor Taylor's message, go ahead and do that. And uh, please share it with your family and friends, because I think uh, this series is really important with the season we're going into to really understand uh, Christ's birth, his coming and what it means for us. So stay tuned for next week as we continue this series. But for today, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.